0: Did you
1: refer to this as practice?
0: No, let's get into the game. You were going to do let's the Let's get onto on the pitch. Set. Let's step onto the pitch. Oh, okay. All right, you ready? You with me? Let me get off the lift. Are you down with what I'm... What, oh God, I, can't even, I don't What? even know what to... Are you down with what I'm selling?
1: Are you picking up what I'm laying down?
0: Yeah, that's what I was like. A thank yeah. you, John. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm with
1: stupid Oh my gosh.
0: Uh, <laughs> Thank you. You always bail one. me out.
1: I did, well, somebody asked you. I know. That's what I All get right. paid to do. Are we ready? Yeah. Okay. Welcome to the Medicast. I'm Josh Anderson. Okay. Okay. Oh, 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 oh,
0: oh, oh, oh. Trying to be more no-nonsense
1: this
0: morning. i never thought, Josh, what it's like to be inside my head. It's a scary place.
1: Continuing the saga. The saga. Of tactics.
0: The escapade.
1: W- wow. Okay.
0: Right. The journey. All right. We are approaching... Where are we at in the journey? We have a few other topics probably we could. Yeah,
1: there's a couple that are lined up that are out there, but today's topic will be the tactics of being a great teammate. Cool, which I'm excited about.
0: I've never experienced that, so it'll it'll be
1: it'll be it'll be new for me. These are only hopes and dreams for you. These no? are hopes. These are my aspirations.
0: <laughs> it's 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 not a reality. Oh gosh. Well, you know that. Am I what kind of a teammate am I in the Metacast, Josh? Don't say any. Don't answer it. <laughs> this is the time where we should be on video. <laughs> you could see, like, like the emotions that went through his face just then. The thoughts. I could almost read your mind. Yeah. And it wasn't just one reaction. No. No, there was, like, a, <laughs> a stream of consciousness.
1: Well, to me, this is something that's very important because I've spent a significant significant portion of my career helping shape really great teams. And what I came to learn is that a fundamental issue is so many people don't know what a great team or what great teammates look like because they've never actually seen it in action. So that's like hurdle number one. Then hurdle number two is okay. Now that we understand what a great team looks like, how the heck do we get there? So there's these two paths where, I've spent a ton of the past like decade working on exactly this problem. So I get fired up about this cool. topic.
0: I think I think look like and also feels like Yeah. like there's a feeling to it. I I actually think there's a feeling so it's more palpable or more more recognizable like from a feeling perspective. Like from the inside, what does mm-hmm. it feel like in the inside? Mm-hmm. Like? like as coaches I, I try to observe these things I'm not arguing with you Yeah, I'm just sort of yes ending on the feeling like what does it feel like yeah
1: I, that's a great point
0: can I can I kick things off sure because as you were talking I was thinking I was thinking of a tester at eye contact I forget her name Sharma or it doesn't matter but Sharma was a manual tester on a scrum team mm-hmm. so she did didn't, she had returned from a maternity leave. So she, she was catching up on her technical skills. She had worked at Oracle, I think historically. So she had technical jobs. She joined us as a manual tester and we assigned her. And I think our pattern was one manual tester and one automated tester per scrum team. Mm -hmm. And she was the manual tester. And I remember I was going to transfer her once from the team. Um, because she I wanted to move her into a team that was struggling with what testing looked like and uh, she was a good tester and and her team almost revolted mm-hmm. not almost they I mean it was funny I was getting like everyone in her team was visiting me telling me like what kind of a moron I mean yeah. and I'm literally like the the big boss right yeah, yeah. and everyone's coming to me and, and almost threatening me <laughs> with the resignation and stuff and really getting aggravated. And, and I guess the point I'm trying to make, so she was non-technical, mm-hmm. right? She didn't compete in the team with technology, but she found, what she did is she found her niche and and she leveraged her strength she was meticulous mm-hmm. she was she was dogged she was courageous mm-hmm. like she'd confront you if mm-hmm. you wrote a bu- but patient she would work with you while you resolved the bug right and she i felt like she was the safety net for the entire team she was the QA safety net and everyone knew it and they loved her for it and they and that didn't mean that they weren't doing testing it just means that she was the holistic test safety net yeah and she carved that niche out Uh, even the product owner yeah was like the product because she knew the product not new she she made herself know the product broad and deep right enough and it was a technical product they were doing apis like it was an api integration to salesforce so this wasn't chop liver Mm -hmm. functional testing right and she became a great teammate by carving out your skills by co- like come I think of complementary skills and, and something like that like finding finding what the team needs right and fitting yourself in react exactly. to any does any of that f- resonate with you at all?
1: So I really like the complementary skills. If you've listened to many of our podcasts or any of the streams I've done, you might have heard my concept of a picket fence. I have never heard you say that. What? Unless I've been sleeping this winter. well. No, no. But I, I don't think so. I'm waiting. Okay. What? What is it? So the concept is derived from uh, a T-shaped employee. Okay. Which is pretty standard. I'll take a minute to explain that. But it is that great employees, great teammates have yes cuz i've talked about the stem of the t and you hate when i say the stem of the t oh tea. i no i yeah, do re, yeah, i do yeah, recall that yeah. <laughs> so i as a teammate have a broad set of skills where there's a lot of things i can do that's the that's the top of the capital t then the stem of the t is i have one area where i'm like world class so that's at. the that's the depth side yeah right, right. depth so then i have found great teams to Look like a picket fence where everybody is equally broad, but all of those stems there's very little overlap, maybe some are closer to the other, yeah, but the skills we all bring to the table, the world class skills that we bring to the table, are all complementary, and we can help each other. That's like step one, okay, cool, you do that, but you also remove the ego and know where I'm great. And I know where you're great and I'm not going to try to pretend I'm as great as you are at something that I'm not, but I have the willingness to put my ego to the side and work with you to help me. And you gladly, joyfully, like enthusiastically jump in and help. There's zero hesitation. It's like, okay, yeah, let's do this. This makes sense. We have everything we need, let's go right so so often emotions get in the way, or fears get in the way about you know, do I need to know everything and no you don't if you have a great team.
0: Well, you have that coverage. that's what she did, and and she was actually an exceptional role model in it. Mm-hmm. not everyone so this was a strong team, strong technical team, as I right. recall. And they had a strong product owner. Now that I'm envisioning, that, re-envisioning this team, really strong product owner, really strong scrum master, really strong team. But she, and you would think that a technology like an API team, yeah. that's leading with technology and architecture, the strongest member of the team would be in that space. But she, she was a leader of that team. Mm-hmm. Like, like they were almost afraid of her in some case, not not fear. But it was it was almost like she rallied. It's like you, yeah, like she raised the bar that everyone had to reach her bar. If that makes sense, right? It's, it's like she yeah. raised the bar across the team, and so drew them up. It was unexpected for me. That's why I'm bringing that story up. It was sort of a a surprise to see that sort of a dynamic, yeah, and then it set the tone like you're talking about about everyone. The egos sort of went away mm-hmm. in the team. I don't know if if she was totally responsible for that. I don't know what the dynamic was, but it was it was not ego driven like the the complementary working together, yeah like working with who you know whatever it took to me, I knew what you were strong at and my I would check my ego, and it's like I need Josh, or Josh needs me, or mm-hmm. whatever. Right, and that was that's a natural thing. That's rare. I don't mm-hmm. think I see that very often. That no, sort of it, egolessness. It's, yeah, right?
1: it, it's it's a challenge for many people as you compete as a part of your career. So there's all of those like mental hurdles that you have to get over. Yeah, as that becomes a thing. So to me, like that's that woman was what i classify as like a world-class leader because she helped make everybody else better yeah you know and wasn't self-centered about it like hey look at me look what i'm doing it's just like okay cool like here's the here's the level we're gonna play at and i'm gonna play at it and i'm gonna do that every day and we're all gonna step up to this
0: you know how people i think this team now that i'm thinking about this is kind of an interesting team for me to recall there was someone on the team who's now like a CTO or something of a company. And right. he was the team leader. At the time, we had team leaders, and and he was the team leader. And, and he worked with her, you know, well yeah. as well. Yeah. But the, she didn't want to be a le She was leading in the role. You know how sometimes people want to be, I want to grow. I want to lead in the team, and then I always aspire. I want to become, you know, I want to hierarchically right. move up. Right. She was perfectly fine. I'm not saying she wasn't driven, or, or you know, sort of wasn't you know driven to grow, but it wasn't like hierarchical growth. Mm-hmm. Like she was, she was in, an incredible, and I think this is cool at the team level. You you get feed you get positive feelings from leading within your team. Mm-hmm. It's not a hierarchical. I'm not I'm not shooting for roles right. or title. It was the impact at the team level. Like I, like I don't know if she. Uh, I don't think she aspired to become like a, you know, a project manager or a mm-hmm. scrum master or anything like that. She yeah. could have. But she she was really she reveled in her role. She knew what she did. I mean, she took satisfaction in being a great team leader. And I think that's part of it. Like leadership, we should honor leadership. I think great teams realize that there's there's greatness in leading at a team level mm-hmm. and you don't have to go elsewhere. That's what I'm trying to yeah. communicate.
1: Yeah, I don't know how this ever popped into my brain but it did resonate with people. Maybe it was just the, the time when I came up with the idea and zombies were a thing with like the walking dead or whatever. But I was working with the team and, and and really working to get them to understand what it meant to be a great team. And I said, you need to visualize that you're all lost in the woods, surrounded by zombies, handcuffed to each other. Mm -hmm. So there's like eight of you. And The eight of you have to get out of there. Yeah. If someone stumbles and falls, you can't leave them behind because you're a team. You are together. You are handcuffed together. So when someone stumbles, what do you do? You have to reach out and pick them up and help them and support them. And you might need to take turns doing that because it's tiring. Yep. But the eight of you need to rally around. We are going to go from point a to point B together, together. And there will be hurdles. There will be stumps you trip over. There'll be all these things that get in your way, but you guys have to have a, this like singular focus on what the mission is. Then know that we are going to have to help each other from day one until we cross the finish line to get out of this, as a unit, so that started to resonate with people like, okay, I can see that. And gosh, that's hard because maybe someone stumbles, and the easiest thing is to just leave them. Well, no, you can't, you know. And so, you've got to build that like family mentality of we are doing this. Yeah.
0: I think, I think in the military, I don't, I don't have a off the top of my head, but I think in boot camps, there's there's a case not that they chain people but there's a you you actually have to do activities together right I think they might even rope you together or yeah. something like that to illustrate that yeah you know, whatever your weakest link is it's not a weakest link it's you're together mm-hmm. and you have to compensate for for each other you right. don't you don't leave anyone behind right right it's not about that you're emphasizing that team and it's not team it's team during execution it's team it's, you know, you can throw a group together, take a team picture. That It's not that, it's, we're working together. Courage is something. I remember, sh- and, and I'm just using this as an example, I think high performance teams like this have the courage, it, and they create safety, but they also have the boldness of the courage to like individually say, I don't know, or like you were saying, mm-hmm. I need help, and I need it now. And there's there's no BS around, you know, waiting to the last minute or something. Or they have the courage to call people out. I remember Sharda would call people out on the team, mm-hmm. not to call them out, but to to rally, to rally the team around. We have to we have to solve this. Yeah, right. It's like what are we we're we going to you know, or to improve. The other thing was continuous improvement. I don't know if you saw that in sports, but you yeah. know, calling someone out like they they didn't you know they you know they had a technique and they weren't improving or something and you'd call them out, you know, you're not practicing enough. You have to or you're not focusing enough. Mm-hmm. You you're calling them out with love. You're calling mm-hmm. them out with with their performance improvement in mind. It's I think it's so easy to not call people out. It's much easier to not confront because you, there's so much energy you have to give to call people out, but you have the courage and the wherewithal to do that. Right. And I used to respect the the heck out of her for doing that. And it wasn't frequently. It was appropriate. There was a, there was sort of a timely. It wasn't that often at all. I mean, maybe in in the entire time I was I, I was observing that team, maybe there was like fifteen times or something over a year or two, but they were appropriate mm-hmm. and they ha- they were impactful. And I think the the thing I'm I'm remembering is so many people would have skipped it. So many people would have just yeah, because it it's in. easy, right? It's, it's easy. easy
1: to skip it, or it's easy to say. That's not my responsibility exactly. or something like exactly. that. But but you but you she was unwilling to accept that we aren't going to succeed because of this thing. So I'm going to open my mouth and thoughtfully, respectfully connect with this person and say, like, hey, yeah, you gotta do better.
0: It wasn't a mediocre, so they avoid mediocrity. I think high performance teams and you can say they were never mediocre. Right. They were either excelling. Or they, or they, they went, they went down in flames and then recovered very quickly. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. There was no, there was no. I think, I think teams like this. There's no middle of the road, or it's very rare that you're in the middle of the road. Would you buy that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: That
1: that's the expectation setting of this is who we are. Yeah. Which leads to the behaviors that we've talked about, where there's a willingness and respect across the board to say the things that need to be said. When you allow things to be mediocre, you don't say things. And you just slide into this like easy, lazy, comfortable spot where like, we're not great, but, and we're not terrible, but you know, we're just kind of okay. Rolling along. They
0: celebrated too, as I recall. Right. They, they, uh, so it wasn't all kicking each other's asses. It was, it was, it, they, they were. There was playfulness mm-hmm. in the team. There was a little bit of joy, and, they, and this was this team was in the middle of a project. I mean, it had a pretty hard deadlines, so this was not a. You know a softball effort Mm -hmm. but i remember they took it seriously all the things and i'm just using this as an example but there was a level of playfulness in the team or joy of working together they enjoyed working together they would break bread together occasionally and things like that and then they would they were thankful to each other i mean they would appreciate each other yeah so it was sort of it was fair it was fair and balanced on both sides of that equation
1: yeah there's a there's a couple of key tactics I want to hit on as we go into the back half of this episode. I've had tremendous success with using books to get people to understand a few things. So debugging teams is that's the, one of your favorite. I mean, we've, you've brought that in a yeah, lot. That, that's, that's the number one book I use for teams that are struggling to operate as a team and the real value there is that it is written by a handful of folks in Google Ventures that started to want to understand why great teams are great and like wh- what, what makes this team great. So they researched thousands of companies, investments that they had made and looked at the best and found commonality across these really great teams and wrote a book around it. So it wasn't just like, hey, I've seen this. I think this makes a great team. It's like, no, we've seen thousands of these. And these are the key items that have proven to drive success with teams. So I use that as, okay, step one, we're going to define what a team looks like. And it's like scientific and thoughtfully written. So engineers connect with that because it's written in, an approach that they line up with. Yep. Okay, cool. So, and we do it as like a book club or whatever you might do where we're going to read, you know, 20 pages or two chapters or whatever. And, and we're going to discuss it as a team. We're not just say like, go off and read it. No, we're going to read it together. We're going to discuss the things that really landed with us, things that were confusing or frustrating and get everybody on the same page to this is what our destination as a team looks like. This is what a great team looks like. So that's step one. Okay, cool. I know what I should be doing, but what I found to be a primary issue in people being able to achieve that is exactly what you talked about. Crucial Conversations is the next book that I have people read because that gives them the tools. That's the how. This is how... I create that open, safe, right. honest dialogue with, with my teammates that maybe I was scared to do. So that gives everybody on the team the same tools. Yeah. So as a person starts to have a difficult conversation with somebody, they recognize the technique and the approach they're doing. It's so like, oh, yeah, okay, so this is crucial. This is important. Right. I understand what you're trying to do. Just so that way, if that person fumbles it, because like it's hard to get good to get good at these the receiver can like identify okay you're trying to help me here and maybe you're stumbling a little bit and insulting me but you don't mean to but like I understand you're here for good Yep. so that helps me be in a mindset to be able to hear the things that I need to hear so that I can improve in whatever direction I need to help the team get
0: better I mean I think something you just said and it needs to be reminding assume positive intent Mm -hmm. and I'm not subtracting from what you said but it's I think there's this this sort of solid teams like we're talking about assume positive intent they don't trigger I mean they may occasionally but it's by and large they've established this trust this understanding this balance across each other and that positive intent I wrote down earlier like having a common goal we're trying to we're not trying to I'm not I think I think the team has this view of we're in it together. We're leveraging our strengths. We're mitigating our weaknesses, and we're here to win. And in this case, it's like deliver something to the client, right? So there's there's this alignment. I mean, how do you drop the ego? I think you you lift the goal. In sports, it's winning. We want to win, is it? A... So it's not that the individuals don't matter, right? But the team is a superset of that. Mm-hmm. And I, I think in this case, the customer in the agile context, the customer and value. And delivery, Mm -hmm. right, is probably, that's that superset thing that binds us together. What do you, and then assume positive intent across everyone too. Yeah, Yeah, we're all here to achieve that. Yeah, and,
1: and that positive intent is something that if you're working to establish that, you have to be really intentional and say, from here on out, every. Interaction is going to be with positive intent. Yeah. So, as you're going to speak with somebody, make sure you have that in the back of your mind. As you're hearing something, make sure you have that in the back of your mind so you consume the feedback well. If you don't get really specific and put that on the table and say, all right, this is how we're rolling from here on out, then that opens the door for people to make assumptions potentially in the wrong direction.
0: Yeah. Were you watching the uh, soccer games? What was it? The Europe Cup or whatever, mm-hmm. where it was England and uh, Italy yeah, were in finals, the final. Yeah. Yeah. And they did a shootout, and three guys in England missed mm-hmm. the shootout. Mm-hmm. And one of them was almost inconsolable at the end. Yeah, I think he was, it was like, like 19 yeah. or 20 or something, yeah. just a young guy. Yeah. And I was impressed with...
1: Oh, yeah, the team rallied around him. The
0: team rallied around him. right. Individually and as a team,
1: they had just lost one of the most important matches of their lives. Well, not just that, I mean, England,
0: yes, yes. and freaking the entire country. <laughs> right, was, right, <laughs> right, right.
1: But that for many of those players, that was the single most important match of their life. Yeah. Because England hasn't won in, a tournament like that in 60 years or whatever yeah, the number yeah. is. And they were on the cusp. And the final shot came down to a 19 yep. ish year yep. old yep. kid. And as you can imagine, after not scoring that, he was inconsolable. But the number of teammates, everyone came up to that, him that stopped and put him first.
0: And they were, and they were hurt. Yeah, I mean, this is in freaking Wembley, no. right? This yeah, is yeah, in yeah. your home country, etc. Yeah. So everyone was under scrutiny. Everyone wanted them. There was so much pressure. I was just impressed. The coach came over. Some people were like. Sort of hugging him or just protecting him from other folks and things, yeah, that's the kind of that to me is indicative, like like we're in this together in good times and in bad mm-hmm. right we're yeah. in it, so the yeah there's the goal, but the team there's something about holding each other, like being careful, like yeah. going back to Sharda, yeah, Sharda cared God help me if I like said anything you know, poorly about the team. Yeah. Right. That, that was a team. They, they were tight knit.
1: Yeah. And things I've said to my kids and many people is it's really easy to be a great teammate when everything's just rolling along smoothly. Exactly. You find out who the great teammates are when the shit hits the fan. Absolutely. When everything goes sideways and we're going in the opposite direction of what we thought, you quickly understand who's a great teammate and who's not because when they're not a great teammate and something bad goes goes wrong it's like oh what about me
0: so where how do they handle adversity yeah exactly a small team level adversity personal adversity mm-hmm. that's that's an indicator for me of leaders that's an indicator in general of everyone it's easy to do whatever you're doing when the going is easy. Uh, the true measure of your mettle is when the going is tough, right? Right. As a leader or as a team mem- member. And, and look inside yourself. Look, how are we handling things? And in that case, and learn. Again, you're going to make mistakes. Maybe, you know, folks got personal or you dropped, you know, sort of assuming mm-hmm. positive intent.
1: Yeah. So the next, th- the next time something goes wrong with your team, be thoughtful and watch your reactions and how you operate. You might look back and say, "Oh my gosh, I got to do better." Yeah. But that's step 1. Step 1 is you realize, "Holy cow, I got to get better." Step 2 is when something goes wrong, have the accountability that, "Hey, we're all in this together. What can I do to help the team?" And and that's the that's the thought process that everyone needs to have. And the unfortunate reality is everybody doesn't, but walking away from this episode, that's a key thing that you can do is the next time things go, go, go sideways. Maybe you're unable to do it in the moment, but a day or two later, think back about how you reacted and did you react as a great teammate like those players did and say, okay, we just lost the biggest games of our lives. I'm pissed off, I'm frustrated, I'm sad. Oh no, my teammate is in really bad shape. Forget how I'm feeling, I gotta go help this person. Well, and I mean,
0: be genuine. If you screw the pooch, and then have the humility to apologize to your team. Yeah. Right, be, bring yourself. Right, bring your humanity. Bring your. I think in these teams, it's like if you have a bad day, talk to your team about it, mm-hmm. uh, and expect them to provide cover and provide cover for folks. So bring your whole self. Uh, I remember years ago, I was going through like a messy divorce uh, as a leader. I I I asked my team to provide cover and individuals to provide cover at times, and they provided cover. Mm-hmm. Now I had earned mm-hmm. that because I had provided cover for them. Right. But it's it's be genuine, be transparent, be honest. It's a team, so cover for each other. If you make a mistake, have the, you know, the sort of the humility to admit it. To say, hey, I I made a mistake. Right. Apologize to your team or whatever it whatever it is. Show up to your team. There's a we talked about a chartering. Remember we were talking yep. about chartering. There's a charter, there's a team canvas that I've been using in one of my classes, Mm -hmm. and it has, we can maybe attach this to the Metacast, but it has exploring things like, these are just areas of the canvas. So purpose is in the middle, the purpose of the team, it's in a heart, and then around the purpose is common goals, personal goals, values and needs and expectations. And then around that, so what? What each one of us needs to be successful. So being a team doesn't doesn't abstract you from your personal needs, right? right? You you explore those with your team members, and then it has people and roles like understanding. So around that is roles and people and role clarity, strengths and assets, weaknesses and risks, so you can complement each other, surface that, Mm -hmm. and then rules and activities having some guidelines. I think. I think teams these you know these teams that are behaving, they charter themselves at a team. I'm not talking about project chartering, I'm not talking about lift off. I'm actually talking about just the team, and I want to see how it lands with you. just the team, this canvas is a great way to explore yeah. us, yeah and take the time to explore yes. us like read mes almost yeah. as part of that. what do you think
1: yeah, again, if you don't get intentional about this. It may end up different than you prefer because you didn't put it front and center, put it on the table and have those discussions with the team. And, and, and that's, to me, that's always been an easier path to success is being which is why we read those books. And I set the stage of like, okay, like we're going to reset, like we are reading this book. So we're on the same page about what greatness looks like. Okay. We did that. Now we're going to give each other the tools about how we become great and talk about how important that is, and that helps set the stage. So I agree 100%. Welcome to our Diversity and Inclusion Minute. Um, If you've been listening to our Diversity and Inclusion Minutes for the past few episodes... We've challenged folks. We have. And even one of the uh, later episodes, we had differences in how optimistic we were that our community was going to rally... And deliver as we had hoped. And there's some delivery. What happened? So there have been people that have jumped in to the diversity inclusion channel in our Discord server, link below. And have started discussing topics. It's not like a landfall of like all this tremendous an exciting discussion that's going on but there's a discussion so that's cool while it might not be the volume that we had hoped for i am tremendously thankful for those that stepped up heard that and said okay i'm going to jump in i'm going to put my hat in the ring and like we're going to start talking about stuff so that's that's exciting you know it, ultimately we hope to affect thousands of people if we affect two people that's still a win. I I would
0: I would agree. It's not the volume, right, to me. It's the we've talked about it, it's the generating the momentum. Yeah. To me. So it starts what is that thing that one blows out a candle or uh, the wind? Uh, there's some kind of quote. I'm, oh, no. I'm Medica-, Medica-, Medica I'm thinking of quotes lately and I can't remember yeah. them. So <laughs> it's a bad a, day for Bob. It's on a bad for day them. for me in quotes, but You know, it's or a butterfly's wings or something like that, right? Will turn into a tornado or something elsewhere in the earth. So you don't know what the origin is. That's that's how I feel about it. I just want momentum. I mean, we have you and I have good weeks and bad weeks, right? Mm -hmm. From that Mm -hmm. point of view, but it's just leaning into action. So cool. I have to look. How do Discord server?
1: Discord server. There is a link below, and there is a link that I will include that will take you directly to the diversity inclusion channel so that you can see that.
0: Cool. I don't have anything else other than that. That's good news. No, that's that's momentum.
1: Exactly. So the key word is momentum and momentum continue. So that's what we are expecting. Not hoping what we are expecting from you. Our listeners is that you are going to continuously build on that momentum of, of goodness. As we again, continue to rally together to do whatever we can to make some of these challenges go away. Cool. We better get back. All right, let's do it back to the episode. One of the things that I want to revisit and clarify based on some of the things I've said in the past half hour, however long we've going at this is I've said a lot around you have to like drop everything and go help your teammate. Yes. That's true. When bad things happen, hard lessons that I learned playing sports, especially offensive line roles is it's the six of us against like the seven of them and common mistakes that happen is there's a, there's a plan. There's a scheme for how they line up in the play that we're running that we all know who's going to block somebody and they're all accounted for done handled. Perfect. Perfect you can get in deep trouble when if I'm lining up next to this backup that I haven't played against that I haven't played with for ever because the starter got hurt. As soon as I start thinking about what that person has to do and like, Oh no, the dude in front of him is all American and like, I got to help him out. The, the issue then becomes In trying to help him out, I take my eye off of the guy that I've got to block. And so then we're kind of half ass blocking two people and that unravels quickly. So having that trust that I trust my neighbor to do the job as we agreed that we were going to do it and like letting that happen and like, you know, passionately insanely driving to do my piece of the puzzle to do my part to do that insanely well trusting that all of my teammates are going to do the same thing so it can be dangerous to always be looking about how i can help somebody because so often you have a key role that you have to play where you have to deliver the front end you have to do whatever so it's this delicate balancing act that i'm not sure i can give you a formula or equation for you to decide when to help and when not to but you have a role in the team that everybody's counting on you to deliver so if you start helping too much then you end up not getting it done well help on request right yeah yeah.
0: It's, you've talked about this before in the football analogies, like stay in your lane. Yeah. Like I remember, what was it? Nick Sa- Is it Nick Saban always talks about doing your job. Yeah. No. Uh, Bill Belichick always mm-hmm. talks about, I mean, if I had a dime for every time he said, do your, do your job as a coach, he emphasized it yeah. and he said, do, just do your job. Yep. So he's not anti-teamwork. He's, he's pro stay in your lane. And before you worry about everyone else, I'm just paraphrasing. Yeah, effectively. Worry about you. Right. And do your job and and I think that's the point you're making yeah and don't help people because you're you don't trust them right or you're afraid for them no they they'll do their job now if they ask you for help if that person in the huddle hits you in the ribs and say on this next play I'm going to need your help yeah absolutely then then it's maybe it's a different right. situation
1: the, the the thing that I'm that I circle back with is the woman that you've been talking about. She had the capability to reach out and challenge a teammate and say, you need to do better. Yep. That's the that's the discussion that has to happen. Yeah. It's like, okay, cool. I get this is the first time you've played at this stage. Yep. The dude across from you is an absolute absolute stud. Great. But you know what? You're here for a reason. Exactly. We believe you're the best person for exactly. that job. You have to go make it happen and encourage them and support them and make sure they know they can do it. And then that often just sets them free. So it isn't always like drop everything and do everything for everybody. It's being in that support capacity. where are like, okay, like we need you to do that. And I know you can do it. You need to just like go make it happen and like let loose and let it fly. Uh, I think that's an important point.
0: I mean, med- so there's a lot of extremes in Agile sometimes as anti-patterns. Yeah. Like, we're going to collaborate, so everyone has to attend every meeting. Yes, yes. Right? And it's it's a weird anti-pattern. Or we're going to swarm and collaborate, so then everyone worries about everyone else's business yep. all the time. Yes, And it's like, you're swarming, you know, I'm going to pair with you. Like, Josh, I'm going to pair with you like it or not. Yeah. I'm going to pair with you. And and it's it, it just gets dysfunctional. So it's it's almost like the extreme, and everyone's heart is in the right place. Yes, but it gets extreme. Yeah. and it's and it's it's that's not effective. That's not the point of any of these things. That's a good point. What else did I? Well, I real quickly, I don't know if this derails things. So if it does, then then we can take it to another episode. <laughs> what do you eject? What if we? Oh talked, yeah. Ejections. Yeah. Kicking someone off the team. Any thoughts around that? Like, we're talking about high performing teams and, mm-hmm. and team behavior. I, 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 there's this extreme thing of Josh for under what's uh, Josh, you need to leave, yeah, or whatever. I mean, d- do we do that as a team under what conditions? I'm not talking about firing, I'm talking about ejection from a team or isolation yeah. at a team level based on whatever. Any thoughts around that?
1: The number of times we've achieved success with the addition through subtraction model that the team becomes stronger when a non-team player is removed and it and it has I can't think there's ever been a time where the removal was because they were not technically talented enough but they just opted not to to be a teammate like we were asking them to be and having them move to somewhere else that fit better for them accelerated the team. Yes, you were down a person, but you actually accelerated because everybody was pulling together at the same time.
0: You know, I'm I'm trying to think I think I agree with you not on that the final point but I think it's more behavioral injections. Mm. Yeah than it is technical a lack of technical skills. Like in all my years, maybe one, two handful have been you don't have the chops to do the work. Yeah. It's like attitude yeah. or behavioral yep. or just just Curmudgeons, or just someone who a lone wolf who doesn't like to work with people. It's the behavioral things that destroy the team. The folks, the skills. I've seen teams rally around it and just cross train the person and bring them up yep. to speed. Absolutely right. If they have the right mindset, the team. I've seen teams like just rally, and it they didn't make a big deal out of it. They just rally around someone and bring them up to speed, and, yeah. they, and they excel. So it's it's usually like the mindset, or it's not for you. Let's just soften it. This Agile Kumbaya team thing is not for you. Yes, absolutely. Right.
1: Yeah, it it may sound counterintuitive to some of our listeners, but getting great as a technical person, that's vastly easier than being a great teammate. I think so. Because it isn't well-defined. I can't go and read a book... I can't go to GitHub. I can't do all these things. That's what we're trying, like, that's a gap we're trying to close with this episode. But I also have been in many places where I'm leading an agile transformation. And that's not what the people signed up to do. Yeah. They signed up to come work at a waterfall company and they liked it and they chose this company yeah. for that reason. And now we're turning their world upside down. So you have to be thoughtful and respectful of those folks that chose not to work this way with intent, because it's not like Agile's this new thing that's just popping up and surprising people. Like, no, you understand how agile a company is when you're going through the process. You, I'm sure it's a discussion topic and you understand and you find out like, okay, this is a waterfall company. Yeah. Like that's, that's what I like. That's what I prefer. It doesn't mean it's wrong. It is not wrong at all. It's just, that's what that person prefers. But the reality is that's not who we are now. So there's often a lot of difficult conversations of, I understand your world is upside down from what you came here to do, but we are going in this direction and I need you to get on board. And if, you just have come to the realization that that's not how you want to work. Like that's okay. The most important thing you can do is like, tell me. Yeah. And then I have full clarity on what you want to do and how you want to roll. And I will help you find a place that is the right fit for you. And not like in a malicious way. It's like, okay, I clearly understand this isn't a fit for you. I appreciate the effort you've put in to figure out if it is, you figured out it's not. So, you're not going to be happy here over the next five years or whatever, because that's not how you prefer to work.
0: As you were talking, I was thinking another thought I had, and maybe this is for another episode is the management ecosystem and interaction with a team like this, like how the manager and I was, the one thought I had was on recruiting. Mm -hmm. Like, remember I was going to take Sharda out of the team Mm Mm-hmm. And, and that was my traditional, that was a mistake on my part. And that was a traditional thinking. I mean, I needed her elsewhere. Yeah. And what I didn't think about was the continuity of the team mm-hmm. and the impact it would have on that team. And, and then they made me think about that. Yeah. But it's, it's almost like the interaction rules. There's, there's sort of, inter, it's not just, the team is not in a bubble by itself, right? There's interactions around that team. And there can be positive interactions like trust that team like, let them interview and hire their own people, mm-hmm. right? Don't tell, don't, like, like, give them a voice in, give them a voice in who needs to leave and give them a strong voice in who joins the team. Give them a voice, give them trust, give them responsibility, right. things like that as a leader. So maybe that's another episode of how do you, I think that's deep enough that we don't want to derail this one. Yeah, that's fair. Where, what else, team? We, we, did you feel like we covered this enough? You're my bellwether because this is... I mean, I'm passionate about it, but you're like 10 yeah. times pa- more passionate yeah. about it.
1: it I I feel like we've done a good job. There were things that I originally had in my mind that I wanted to talk about that I felt continued to, to drive home that narrow-minded view of just drop everything and help the team without yeah. really understanding the balancing act. So like, I don't want to go any further down that path. I think we did a good job on shining a light of... like. Yes, that's important, but also trusting your teammates to do their job and the fact that they're trusting you to do yours, right? That, that's a that's a key component is that I know when I hand the ball to Bob, he's got it. Well, there's that
0: extension of trust that we talk about. It's not trust but verify, yeah. but extend trust. And I, I think these, these teams, when I think about them, they do that naturally. There's a balancing act between holding each other accountable or – you know, having responsibilities, etc. It it they navigate the balance well. Mm-hmm. The high performance teams sort of, I think, go down that journey incredibly well. The one thing, the other, the, we said appreciation and beyond that, I think they and, and a little bit of joy in things, but they enjoy working with each other. And Maybe that's yeah. the way to to end the episode. I I've seen these folks like they hang out. So, it doesn't mean they're clones or anything like that, but you can clearly see the team has bonded as a team. Yeah. Uh, I've seen that in sports teams when I was in the military yep. in teams. You bond. And it's weird because you're not the same. You have different personalities, et cetera. But under the auspices, God help you if you like come in and start messing up our team. right? We're different right we have all these differences but Mm -hmm. we bonded for whatever reason under the mission and vision yes exactly we bonded together yep and we're not going to allow that to be broken yep
1: i agree all right
0: are we done i think so hey Metacasters, hope you enjoyed this one and you know send us other ideas in this tactical not that we're running out but it would be nice to sort tactical down-to-earth topics around execution that where we can help we'd love to hear that so from beautiful downtown carry north carolina that's right no hyphen no hyphen i'm bob galen and i'm josh anderson shake and bake. take care y'all